0: If you are a mental health professional who wants to have a bigger impact on the world, help more people, and grow your business all at the same time, then you're in the right place. With every episode, we're here to help you discover new ideas, gain new insights, and get the step-by-step strategies that you need to grow your private practice with confidence. I'm Sarah Gershon, and along with my co-host, Howard Baumgarten, we welcome you to PsychVis. We're so glad you're here.
1: Today we are talking about one of my favorite topics as I as you know I have many Sarah yes called marketing and we did an we did an episode last year where we talked a little bit about marketing but I I don't think we went into the depth that we're going to go into today in a way that I think is going to be really beneficial to our listeners wouldn't you agree
0: Yeah I think really dedicating a whole episode to this is really important because I think there's there's so many different parts of it and it is such a crucial thing to get right.
1: Absolutely. So marketing, uh, we're going to also distinguish marketing from networking, which is our episode following this episode. So we're going to talk about networking in the next, next episode. And I talked about this last uh, year, but one of the things that is really significantly different in my view, other people might define it differently is that Marketing is about how you put yourself out there to others without actually being in direct contact with them, okay? So networking is about being in contact with other people and it involves uh, that sort of, you know, relationship building. Marketing is when it builds the relationships on your behalf. And so marketing is about print and advertising and uh, your, obviously your presence online, Right.
0: Yeah, and one of the great things about marketing is that there's a time investment and often a money investment up front because you're kind of getting things set up. But once they're set up, a lot of the different marketing things that we're going to talk about can continue to market for you independent of any effort on your part. So you're going to set it up and it's going to have a continuous and ongoing benefit to you without you having to continue To constantly do it, which is separate from networking. It's one of the differences because if you're going out and meeting people, if you're having coffee, if you're going to networking events, whatever that might look like, that you have to be physically present each time. Whereas once you set up your website and it's out there and it's functioning and it's doing everything it's supposed to do, you can take a nap and you're still going to get a benefit.
1: Right. And the, and the key is to do it in a way that fits your budget, right? So we'll talk a little bit about that when it comes to things such as websites and, you know, stuff that actually costs financial dollars to your practice. Uh, You said it um, in terms of kind of, you start out with the, you know, building the mark, building the marketing tools that you're going to have to have. And there's a little bit of work involved with that because really this is, your marketing tools are tools that that sustain and hold the information that actually helps lead to action. And that action is re- really are your referrals, right? We want referrals. We want, and we want the right kind of referrals. That's really important, which we'll hopefully dig into that a little bit. It is um, emotional in the sense that it appeals to your prospective client or patient emotions, right? Will I... Will, can I, can I appeal to that person's emotional connection to the work that you do, right? Like who are you, what are you about? We've talked a lot about defining yourself in the mission and in your SWOT analysis or your four C's. And so really we wanna make marketing somewhat emotional because we are in the business of helping folks with their emotional management. And so they're looking not only from their thought perspective, they're looking for, can I create a connection? Can I create a a relationship that is really professionally intimate with this individual who I want to be able to help me? And so that's really what I want you, the business owner, to be thinking about in your marketing thought bubble. (laughs) (laughs) Anything to add to that just in the general sense of marketing when you think about it? I think
0: you're right on the mark. I mean, and I would say when you're thinking about emotions that you want to create, you know, the two that I try to focus on in my work with my clients is creating hope and creating trust because hope, right, is the most vital thing because when people are coming to your website, the big barrier is whether or not they think things can get better. Right, Whether they think that it's going to be successful when they reach out for help. So creating a sense of hope that yes, things can get better. Yes, there are ways for the situation that you're in to improve. So you see an increased quality of life. That emotion is absolutely vital because without it, there's no reason for them to take any action. And then the second half is creating trust, creating a sense that they have that you know how to get them from point A to point B. And that they feel like they could talk to you honestly about their problems and be greeted with non-judgment, be greeted with understanding and be greeted with constructive ideas and and the kind of help that they need to get.
1: I love those two words, hope and trust lead to creating your connection with your population that you want to work with. Right. And that those are the emotions. And you know, what word came up for me was this is just you, the clinician being authentic. It's authentic.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right. You're showing your authenticity through your marketing tools. So, you know, amidst all of that, you want to be creative. You want to be thoughtful. You want to have a target market and you want to have some calculatory calculations, calculatory calculations. I love that because you (laughs) need your marketing to get you noticed. And so I want to talk about that target market piece for just a moment. So in, in your marketing strategy, before you even begin to create your marketing tools, you're going to want to do some market research and i recommend sort of a specific approach to your marketing research strategy by thinking first and foremost what do i want to do right and so just do this exercise what i want to do is fill in the blank and it could mean you know work with adolescents and then you want to get more specific like we talked about in our service concentric circles right the bullseye I want to work with adolescents who are suffering from bullying or I want to work with adolescents who have ADHD or autism spectrum disorder or whatever, but you know, it's what I want to do is, and the more you define that, that's why I had you do the exercise before and we talked previously about identifying your services because now you're going to be integrating that into your market research. Next second step, you're going to learn your community's needs. What does my community need right now? Because I could want to work with adolescents revolving around bullying and uh, not live in a community where, you know, I could be living in a community of retirees and there's not a whole population of adolescents. So, you know, that's not going to fit very well. So the idea here is what does my community need and then where do those two uh, match? Okay. The third thing is use many different methods of your research. Go out in the community and talk to other people, talk to other clinicians, uh, Get uh, do, do informal surveys, talk to business owners, talk to managed care companies if you're working with managed care about the trends that they see. Those are really important ways. Those are, I just gave you four ways to, to use different methods of research to try to learn what types of tools talk to people like you Sarah you know because you have a purview of so many different clinicians across the country across the world you 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 know you develop websites for so many different clinicians you're a great resource for market strategy right
0: well thank you and yeah I mean so I create a lot of blogs and different you know content around those kinds of issues and those kinds of questions so yeah absolutely doing research and looking into that information because you want to make sure that you're targeting the marketing in the right direction. Uh, you want to make sure that the efforts that you're making are going to actually produce the right results.
1: Right. And since you mentioned blogs, let's move into actual marketing, marketing strategy. Okay. So, um, now I want to talk, so I talked a little bit about sort of the process of marketing. And if you want more information about that, you can check out private practice essentials. My book, I have a whole chapter on marketing. Um, specific tips you want to hear my top three marketing tips 100 percent. yeah all right so first and foremost in this day and age you've got to have a website absolutely must have a website i know that that's really low on your list right because you don't really you don't really care much about your clients having websites
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know i feel Whatever, I'm, I'm not into it, yeah.
1: <laughs> Given that you're, a, you're like the foremost, awesomest web developer ever, uh, that's what you do for a living. So I'm sure you agree, obviously, with me yes. that websites are really, really important. Uh, yes. And why are they important? I want to hear from you because you do this for a living. Why are they so important?
0: Well, there are many reasons why they're absolutely critical. And the first one is that they are one of the main ways that people are going to both find you and also investigate you before they reach out. Every single person, I, I, like, I can almost guarantee every single person who reaches out to you will Google you before they reach out. Um, even if they're getting a referral from someone or whether they're finding you organically through doing a Google search, mm-hmm. either way, <clears throat> that's going to be the gateway that they walk through on their way to come and work with you.
1: I love that you're saying that. I want to just jump in here because um, of late in the last several years, you know, clinicians that work with managed care get lots of referrals from managed care, you know, from the from the insurance company. Yeah. Itself. I am getting more and more people who are getting those referrals from managed care. And I, and I always ask my clients, you know, how did you hear about my practice? Because I'm documenting what's effective with the market research, with the marketing tools that I'm putting out there, right? And so, yeah. by the way, hint, hint, clinician that's listening right now, that that's something that's really important is always ask your client, where did you hear about me? Because that'll tell you and give you some clue that will help direct your marketing strategy. So uh, what folks are saying lately is they're saying, oh, I got a referral from my managed care or my insurance. And I googled you and saw your website, and it, you were right up my alley, or you seemed really yep. interesting interesting to me, and I wanted to, and I and that's what really sold me. I, I, I'm I'm hearing that more and more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like the thing is, is that even when you're getting clients through whether it's word of mouth or referral from insurance companies or things like that, people will often be given multiple options, and then the way they decide which person to pursue contacting first is through looking you up. And if you don't have a website, people take that whether and I'm not saying that this is true, but I think nowadays, if you don't have a website, people really take that as a sign that you're not professional um, or just they don't feel that they know enough about you to get more information or to reach out. But there will be other people on the list who do have websites that give people an opportunity to get to know them, you know when they do that search and so having a website is just absolutely vital and it has to be a website that works it has to you know it it doesn't necessarily have to have all kinds of bells and whistles but it has to be a professional high quality website yeah. otherwise you're just you're just losing leads
1: there are different ways to get websites aren't there
0: And I think we talked about this in a previous episode, right? That like, you know, I like to think about it as the difference between renting a home and buying a home, right? So you can often early on in your career... The, the kind of cost-effective approach is to do something that is not custom, but is still high quality. So for example, the new service that I'm offering in addition to my custom sites is I'm offering like a subscription-based website service where you pay a monthly fee and you get a customized template design, which then allows you to have a professional website that's optimized, that functions beautifully, and that is customized to you, um, but at a much lower Cost and low barrier to entry. And I think that is really, you know, a really good option for, you know, people who are maybe early on in their career or for whatever reason that's the right fit for them. And then you kind of think about it just like, you know, I started off renting and then eventually, you know, we wanted to have a place that, you know, I could garden in the front and we could knock down a wall if we wanted, right? So in the same way, at some point in your career, you will most likely want to have a site that really is customized to you that is built in exactly, you know, exactly towards what you do, who you work with, um, and really does an optimal job of expressing who you are. And that's when you kind of move on to the fully custom website that really does a great job of expressing that.
1: That's great that you're doing this uh, sort of like dual service, right? A customizable website uh, that you can really uh, expand on and customize for clinicians who want that. And then sort of a sounds like a template type thing where they're, yeah. they're giving you a subscription, you're offering different templates. They're very high quality and professional professionally done. You're still overseeing the management of the website as right. a part of their fees, which is really nice so that um, their website stays uh, active and, and clean yeah. and free of bugs and things like this. And Um, And then my question is, if somebody goes in at that sort of entry level, uh, if it's okay to call it that. Yeah, absolutely. Template, you know, subscription type website, uh, and they later want to transition to a customizable website, can they do that? And then if they, if the answer is yes, what, what does that look like for them?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. It's, it's, that's actually kind of my plan, right? Is that the template sites are a way to get started and then you know, for many, many clients, although not for all, but for many clients, my assumption is that eventually they will want to kind of transition. Um, And so then we would, and and the great thing is, and we're not going to get into search engine optimization too much right now, because that's its own world. And we could do a multi-part series on that. But you start accruing SEO benefit when you set up your domain name and you launch your website. And so the great thing is, is that by, we start doing that with the template site. And then the idea is, is that if people want when people are ready, we can take that same domain name and we can create a customized website, but you still get all the accrued benefit that you've gotten from having your site up for many years. So um, it really does, I think, give you the best of both worlds, Um, much better than, for example, a Wix site where you're not going to get that kind of benefit. Um, So So, yeah, so that's kind of the idea is that there'll be an easy transition for people when they're ready to say, okay, I want to go ahead with a customized site. And then we'd start working on the different pieces that we need to create that for them.
1: Are there a few other differences between like having sort of one of those like Wix sites where people can kind of throw it up there on their own? You know, not that it's a bad thing to do, but I would imagine that that essentially, you know, without the oversight by somebody like you who has been working with, Therapists. I mean, the Wix people don't just work with therapists; they work with um, all different kinds of businesses. And I, I'm not sure what, if any, there are differences. What What would you say? Yeah,
0: that? and I mean, one of the one of the things that often happens with those kinds of sites, and I don't, I, we don't have to talk about websites too much more because I know we've got a lot to cover. But one of the things you really have to watch out for is that um, a lot of the kind of template based sites, less expensive options, you don't actually own the site. And so when you decide to stop subscribing, you basically have to start from scratch. Like the website doesn't belong to you. The content may not belong to you. The images don't belong to you. Nothing belongs to you. And so then you're kind of, you know, left with nothing, um, which is not the way mine work, right? With me, like once, like you're going to own your website, whether it's like the template site is going to be yours. And then... If you decide to move on to a fully custom site, we can take that and work with it to upgrade it rather than being like, okay, like we've got to start as though there was nothing here. And so that just gives you a lot more stability and it allows you to build momentum rather than kind of um, doing something for a while and then having to 100% switch gears and start again.
1: I think our listeners will really appreciate... Knowing that those differences, those are really important, and please understand, we are not saying that these general website building tools um, and companies, such as the one that Sarah and I have been mentioning, uh, are bad in any way. One hundred percent, not. I mean, for some people, it may be what they can afford. Yeah, maybe what their interest is. Um, you know, we'd love to hear from listeners that have done it that way. And Absolutely. What kind of feedback they've had they have because I think that could be really helpful in also um, steering this new pro- uh, service that you're offering too, because what what are they getting from these other sites that may- maybe maybe some clinicians like to go in on the back end and work on their content? Will they be able to do that with this template uh, option?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always believe that it's very important for my clients to have access to their own websites. It really drives me crazy. I know that there are services and also sometimes providers who don't like to give their clients access because they're afraid they're going to break stuff. Um, but that is not the approach that I take. Uh, it's your website. You're paying for it. It's about you. Like the idea of then not letting you log into it directly and do stuff doesn't make any sense to me. Um and uh people i'm a diyer myself like i couldn't handle not being able to go in and change stuff when i needed to change it right. um so 100% that's something that i really believe in strongly people should have access to their sites
1: okay last two things and then we'll move off from web yes to <laughs> but here here's the last two quick things one um, if you can share um, what what do you think the a ballpark monthly fee might be um if, if i'm putting you on the spot here no it's fine but uh, like what what will clinicians be paying for this this template service
0: so my template service it starts at 180 a month okay. and that includes all of the updating the managing the website hosting everything so it's an all-inclusive um and <clears throat> yeah that's what it starts at
1: and and i know from my research that there are other template sites um for therapists that are less expensive so i think what we're what what i want for listeners to understand is that uh i know you i've known you for a long time and the services that you provide are far and above beyond and the value of what a less expensive template site designed for coaches and therapists and stuff are, are. And so what I want to encourage our listeners to do is shop around, um, find the fit that works for you, but know that when you sign up with, say Sarah's, uh, uh, service, uh, monthly service template website, you're, you're not just getting a, um, like a stock website, you know, you're getting customized. Um, valuable management. um, And it's a step, it's a step into something greater um, uh, that can grow with your practice. I love that. Um, I'm excited to see uh, the, the, the the new service and how it integrates with all that you do. Uh, And so, um, and feedback from the listeners, right? You want feedback about that service as much as possible, right? 100%. Okay, great. Um, The last thing, about, uh, about websites that, uh, I think is, is important. And now I'm forgetting what my last point was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It'll come back to you. We can move on. It'll come back.
1: I had two such good points and, and it will come back to me, but, but um, what I really want to do, because we're gonna we're gonna wrap up uh, the the show for today. Oh, I know what it was. See, it did come back. To yeah, me. it came back. We we did a we did a deep dive last year into all the ways that, that websites are effective in terms of like content and how you do your customizing process. And what I'd like to do, I don't remember the number of the of the episode, but could we reference that in the show notes? In the show for notes, the yeah
0: absolutely so that, yeah. that
1: way they can just click that link and go right to that episode from this episode if they're interested in um, in in learning more about the specifics of websites and then also I talk a little bit about that in my book as well but I think I think the episode that you that we did on websites last year was you know much more in depth than my even my book so so definitely we'll put that in the show notes and then I told you that we we're going to do my top 3 tips so websites is number 1 you know what the second one is
0: No, what's the second one?
1: It's directories. I think, I think it's really important in this day and age, and I talk about this more and more now, to be on a directory if you are not getting the referrals that you want. Now I say if, because some clinicians like myself, who sort of was around and established much long before directories and established in the community that I'm in now. Probably you know I don't I don't really I, every time I've considered being on a directory I haven't needed to because I'm I'm doing just fine with my referrals, but if you're starting out or if you're not getting referrals or if you just want to spend a little bit of extra money because they really are for fairly reasonable, I recommend using a directory service um, such as and I'm not I'm not biased toward any one or, or other but I'm just using an example Psychology Today has a, a, a very good one. Um, there's one, I think called, um, if I'm not mistaken, GoodTherapy.org. Um, but you can find uh, directory listings, some that are, um, very, very inexpensive and maybe even free with a subscription to their electronic health records program and whatnot, or they give you discounts, um, others that are a little bit more costly, but they're pretty cost effective. And the reason I like them, and you can tell me if this is a good reason to like them is not only will... People go to the directory, but they it it will help people drive traffic toward their website.
0: Right, absolutely, yeah. And and something else to think about when you're thinking about directories, um, in addition, and I wouldn't say instead of, but in addition to looking at some of those, you know, very far-reaching large directories. If you're a part of a minority community or if you service a minority community, there are directories that are specific to people who are looking for specialized services for the minority community that they belong to. And getting on those directories is extremely important, not just because it helps you, but because it helps those communities where they really are often in need of and lacking access to the resources that they need. So you absolutely should be looking into getting listed on those directories. Um, So I I, I don't want to necessarily name names, but I know that there are ones for the LGBTQ population. There are ones for religious communities. There are ones for um, people who are, you know, postpartum and other kind of mother-related concerns. So there are directories specific for all of those different communities. Um, And so you should definitely look into that there, you know, for, for, for all kinds of different minority populations, there are often a directory specific to that group.
1: I love it. I, I think that is so valuable and important. And one quick reminder, no matter what directory or directories that you subscribe to, always, always, always have your URL for your website on that directory again you're trying to drive traffic to your website and make it easy for people to link back to your website which is your hub your home yes that's kind of and, how I about it.
0: yeah and think twice before you put a link to a directory on your website because exactly. once people get to your website you don't want them to go back to the directory you want right. them to stay on your website and work with you not decide to go back to the directory and look for some more options and end up you know getting
1: lost isn't the rule of thumb a good rule of thumb? Is links from other places of, of your website toward your website is, yes. is the rule of thumb. Not having links that take you on, on your website that take you away to other websites unless it's within your own website.
0: Yeah. So you definitely are going to, and, and, we don't have to get too much into the technicalities of it. You definitely want to have some links on your website to other sites, because that's one of the health signs that Google looks for when it's evaluating the health of your site. So you don't want to not have any links going other places, but you don't want to have links that go to places that then encourage people to not come back or incur- or take them essentially to your competition, right? So links to directories are not a good idea, and links to social media are not bad, but shouldn't be pro- shouldn't be at like the top of your website. Shouldn't be super featured because then people just end up on Instagram, um, and they don't they don't actually take action.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. Okay, the third tip is, and this is a new one for me. This is this is the one that I I put higher up on the list. It used to be lower because, but I think this is much more and more becoming important. And so again, top 3 websites, directories and number 3 drum roll, you ready? Ready? Blogs, mm. blogs and I'm putting all this together in one thing. Blogs, blogs and and an email client list to email them out to. Oh wow. and the reason I put all three of those together is because this is how you're getting your 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 the really the email list is the important, but you got to have something like a newsletter, a blog, a vlog. And so you can call it a video newsletter or or a blog. I mean, that's really what newsletters are, uh, essentially. Um, I mean, you can have a blog inside of a newsletter. You can have a newsletter at the end of your blog. But here's the thing, something that you're sending to your list of people that you have grown over time to let them know updates about your practice, Do I have openings? What are some, you know, and of course, creating vlogs and blogs about your clinical specialty. And the reason you're doing that and you're also posting them on social media and things like this is, again, directing traffic back toward your home, your hub. And if you notice, yeah, go ahead. You were going to say.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I would love at some point in the future, maybe to do a whole episode on this, these specific ones, because I think there's a lot to dive in here too. And I have a lot of very specific you know, things to talk about as far as making your blog effective. So I think it'd be a great thing to talk about more in depth sometime.
1: Let's do an episode on blogging and vlogging. Yeah. But not flogging.
0: No, that's different. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Okay. So again, just to review, three tips to marketing, website, directory, uh, online directories, um, and then an an email client list that you're gathering people and you're sending newsletters, blogs and vlogs to them. Uh, Those are the actual specific marketing tips. We'll have that in the show notes today. We'll have the general process that we went over in terms of market research and the different methods of market research. Be diverse in those methods. I think that's important and understand, of course, the distinction between marketing and networking, networking, which we'll talk about in the next episode. So, Sarah. Yes. I think today was a great episode.
0: I think so too. Please make sure to leave us a comment. Let us know what you found helpful. Let us know what action you're taking next based on the conversation we've had today. And as always, let us know if there's a topic you'd like us to cover in the future.
1: We hope you found today's episode thought-provoking and helpful. We'd love to know what you think, so leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. You can find the show notes and additional resources at psychbiz.com.